Welcome to the Learning Lounge podcast by the Sangaban Continual Learning Team. We'll be sharing our honest opinions, answering all sorts of questions and discussions, and hopefully providing some laughs along the way. Here's what's coming up this week. Like that meme that's like, uh, where your manager says, I'll oh, just phone them, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll send another email. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, is it like crack? <laughs> Are you addicted to tech? Um... Every other parent's taking a selfie with their children whilst we're visiting this place. Why aren't you? And I'm mm. like, because I'm here with you and I'm not senile yet. I can remember it. <laughs> what drives you to want to do that? And, and like this whole, I'm going to take pictures of my food and blog whilst I'm in Disneyland and all of that sort of stuff. God, James, stop attacking like, me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, mean, I don't want to say it. I'll say it anyway. Um, <laughs> Opinions are like arseholes, everyone's got one. (laughs) Welcome back to the Learning Lounge podcast. This week we are going to be talking about the different generations and the stereotypes that come with them. So today I am joined by James. Hello. And Anna. So the three musketeers are back together. Hello. Did you, did you get really scared then? I wasn't going to let you say hello. <laughs> I was like, uh, do I say hello? <laughs> um, so, first things first, let's do a little recap of the different generations. So, we have baby boomers, which are from 1946 to 1964. We have Generation X, which are 1965 to 1980. We have the millennials, which are 1981 to 1996. And then we have Gen Z, which is 97 to 2009, and then Generation Alpha, which is 2010 onwards. So I am technically a Gen Z, although I am also on the cusp of being a millennial because I'm 97. You guys are both millennials, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think that the stereotypes of the different generations, like, do you think they really exist or do you think we play on them? Like, you know, Gen Z are supposed to be very, like, tech-dependent, um, don't want material things, they'd rather have, like, experiences and stuff, whereas that's very different for millennials. Do you think these stereotypes really exist? Little bit of column A, little bit of column B. <laughs> what little does bit that of both. mean? It's just a little bit of both. Oh. So, yes, the stereotypes are true to an extent, but at the same time, you can't, you can't generalise an entire sort of uh, selection of years into the same sort of... Category. Yeah. Mm. So you're going to have elements of each, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But yes, to a certain degree, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the same. I think <clears throat> it tends to be some people will play on the stereotypes for effect, I think. A lot of the time. Why are you looking at me when you no, say that? Saying, <laughs> you're the only Gen Z here. Yeah. You've got to defend. But then I think like other people, it's just ingrained in their culture. Like I know for well the way we approach like teams, like in the business, t- to picking up a phone and mm. to wanting an email. That that changes between generations like really badly. It's like that meme that's like uh, where your manager says, "I'll oh, just phone them," and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'll send another email." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that does exist, so I, I, I agree. It's a bit, a bit of A, a bit of B. Yeah, I agree as well, because, like, obviously me and my partner are both Gen Zers, um, and the difference between the two of us is so obvious. Like, when it comes to technology and stuff, he's not technology-dependent at all. I am. Like, if you took away my phone, I'd probably cry. <laughs> or if you took away my iPad, I'd probably cry. Um which sounds so pathetic that makes me sound so pathetic um but that's just the world that i've been brought up in like technology is just always there whereas i suppose for you guys it's it's not always been there would you say you were dependent on it though like if you think about the stereotype there's a dependency on it instagram blows up tomorrow yeah is it like crack (laughs) (laughs) are you addicted to tech um I don't know. I wouldn't say. I think addiction's addic- like addicted is a strong word. Okay. I would say there's a deep love and like to it. <laughs> yeah, like heavily reliant on maybe. Okay. Because like even when you get in the car, like if you need to 
go somewhere you've never been before, the first thing you do is put the sat-nav on your phone. But then, again, that then leads to all of those stories you hear on the news where I was following the sat-nav and then they drove into, like, the River Seven or something. <laughs> No, it's said to go down this lane. Yeah, but there obviously is a bit of common sense there. Like, I don't, you know, if I if I if I see a road closer, I'm not going to try and go down it anyway because the sat nav tells me to. There's a bit of common sense. You'd be surprised at the amount of people that would yeah. do that, though, right? No, I can imagine, but obviously that varies from person to person, doesn't true, it? True, true. That's not generational thing. I would, I would definitely say, like we just we just said this, didn't we? If no one had a phone, and I wasn't missing out on anything then fine like get rid of phones mm. but if i was the only one that didn't have a phone i would be so upset like i know last uh, not last year the year before i actually smashed my phone and, and it wasn't working properly at all um and i didn't have a phone for like three or four days and i was so miserable <laughs> which is really embarrassing but it's yeah. really bad there is a but movement. that's just that's just the world that i've grown up in um, there is a movement of people that are going and shunning smartphones and going for dumb phones, aka these old Nokias that just good on Nokia brick. All it does is it rings people and it texts people. It doesn't even have the internet on it. Um, as a way of sort of protesting against all these devices that just beg for your attention every second. Like there's notifications going off every five minutes and you constantly yeah. think, oh, I've got to look at my phone, I've got to look at my phone. I am really bad for checking my phone. Like, I've had to put my phone whilst we're recording on sleep mode so no messages come through because otherwise I'll get really distracted and start. But it's that thing of, like, being available 24-7, isn't it? Like, I don't want to miss anything because otherwise I get really bad FOMO. See, for me, couldn't care less. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, though. Like, my kids are alphas. Well, will be generation alphas. Yeah. Like, they're obsessed with taking photos of things. Like, they take photos of days out, they take selfies, the mm -hmm. whole thing. And the other... I, I probably tried this before, haven't I? That, that I got moaned at for not taking a photo when <laughs> other parents were taking photos. <laughs> they're like, well, every other parent's taking a selfie with their children whilst we're visiting this place. Why aren't you? And I'm mm -hmm. like, because I'm here with you and I'm not senile yet. I can remember it. <laughs> it is a pet, <laughs> it's a pet peeve of, like, well, I've been to concerts recently where... Um, everybody in front of you is videoing the concert on their phone yeah. as opposed to just living the concert but that's the thing like why what drives you to want to do that and, and like this whole I'm going to take pictures of my food and blog whilst I'm in Disneyland and all of that sort of stuff god James stop attacking but like, me <laughs> but no I mean like, I was reading an article the other day about Gen Z's right going to Disneyland and how Disneyland have now had to start confiscating phones really from gen zers who are literally holding up queues because they're creating content in disneyland at rides where kids are trying to get to oh like there's one guy who tries to pull the um is it the sword and the stone out the stone yeah and he videos himself doing it every day and holds up a queue of people trying it out these little kids and i'm sort of like it's because you're you're disrupting things around you yeah. by creating content no i'm not that bad but it's these <laughs> things that kind of drive people so I, i'm the main character yeah <laughs> but i don't think you're dependent on, i think you've hit the nail on the head you're not dependent on the tech per se but you've got a dependency on the content if that content yeah. feed didn't come to you would well, you feel the same obviously as our only gen z here obviously don't feel attacked but it's just i'm being targeted guys i'm being in the workplace <laughs> would you feel the same way about instagram facebook or whatever or tiktok if you received no interaction on it whatsoever so like if you put a picture out and you got no likes there's no comments nothing would it, would it be the same for you? Or is it the, the, the need for that? Oh, this is so bad, right? Because I literally posted a reel the other day and it had no views for an hour, so I deleted it. <laughs> I saw you run about algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. That's so bad. So is but, it the, the need for know. likes and verification? I agree with that to a certain extent. But for me personally, like, I don't post what I post on, like, Instagram and stuff on TikTok for the likes or like i post that because i enjoy it like for the fashion content and stuff that i do on my own instagram that's more for me personally obviously the likes are quite nice <laughs> and the follows and the comments and stuff but i wouldn't be like if i posted a, a selfie or something 
on Facebook and no one commented saying like, oh, you look so pretty. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, no one's commented today. Like, why? Why not? Whereas I know people who are like that and that is a self-esteem issue. The passive-aggressive rant about something and then, you're okay, hun. Oh, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, Obviously why are you putting it on not. Facebook then? Yeah. yeah, but that's... So you say that, that is a millennial thing. Yeah, I That agree. is not a Gen Z thing. I wonder, there is that sort of... Uh, the, the theory is that Facebook is now slowly becoming a boomer generation mm. social media platform and TikTok is Gen Z and Alpha and Instagram is the millennial one, if you know what I mean. I think it's the crossover between millennial yeah, and Gen Z. Yeah, I wonder if there's any truth in that. I know for a fact every time I've gone to my uh, my mum's house and now she has Facebook on her phone and now knows how to use it, I have caught her um, scrolling just randomly, just looking at Facebook, and it's never anything of any importance. Oh, I scroll way too much. Do you guys know what your screen time is on your phones? Minimal. I, I think it's because I'm aware of it. So I'm aware of how insidious, I'll use that word again, insidious, the all of these social media platforms are in, in terms of uh, just begging for your attention. Okay, I'm going to find my screen time. Oh, I'll have a look. I'll find mine too, and I'll see. Should I do mine? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. James, okay. James's daily average for a screen time? Uh, three hours. 12 minutes. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to say, of social media-wise, yesterday, for example, my busiest day, probably an hour on Instagram, an hour on YouTube. <laughs> okay, so I've got... This is going to be, like, massively high now, isn't it? I've got days... <laughs> I haven't got a daily average, but I can roughly estimate because I can see how many hours per day. Like. Go on then. So, last week alone, we've got an. It's between an hour and an hour and a half oh a day. God. Oh my god! So my daily average, as the uh, Gen Zer in the room, is six hours and eight minutes, <laughs> and that so is that then- is down thirty one percent from last week. That myth is true then. About- <laughs> Tech dependent. So the total, is, the total <clears> screen <throat> time. No, listen to this. This is really embarrassing. The total screen time I spent on my phone last week was twenty four hours and thirty two minutes, an and thirteen hours of that was on social media. Wowza! Oof. That's so bad. I, that would suggest you are dependent on tech. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I've lie. got a problem. So <laughs> take my phone away. Quit. But this is the thing, though. Right? I don't even have Facebook on my phone. But does that mean that we. Don't does, use it. Does that mean that Anna and I, though, are, are we more present in the moment? I purposely try to be. Yeah, me too. I, I will leave my phone somewhere and go out without my phone. If I see a I notification, Alana's phone. getting twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I never leave the house without my phone. I, okay. I, I'll take my phone, but I will get notifications and be mindful of the fact that it's probably not important and I don't care. Mm. So I will purposely not reach my phone. Whereas my wife, on the other hand, who is also a millennial, is the opposite. So she's very much of your ilk and will be on the phone constantly. And I've, we've caught, I've caught her several times now where we watch a film. It's only a, what, two hour film? And every 15 minutes she'll just quickly open her phone to have a look. Just not even a notification, it's just to scroll through Instagram. Oh, no, so, see, I've made a conscious effort recently, like when we've been watching TV and stuff, to put my phone down for like the full hour. So I'm not but distracted. You get the urge. Yeah, yeah, like when it's the ad breaks, I'll be like, oh. I'll just see if anyone's like text me or anything. It's like when you go to a restaurant or you're at a bar or anything and you see, say there's two people and one person just quickly nipped to the toilet, it's very interesting to see those people that immediately reach for the phone. That'll be me. That will be me. Because I purposely, mindfully just look at everybody like a weird little creep. Oh, see, I find that really. I think if I was just looking around at everyone, I look like a loner. I don't want to look like a loner. Sarah, who's my wife, uh, millennial, just like me, one year later, the other day, she was on a phone in the car. We'd managed to get out the car, into the house, get the kids a drink and a snack before she'd even noticed and looked up from her phone that we'd all gone out the car. (laughs) Oh. 
That, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not even lying. That's a good 25 minutes before she noticed. Oh my god, we'll go no. Out to, we'll go out to dinner sometimes, and if we're, if we're out and about in town, I'll be talking to her, and I'm talking to myself because she's too busy looking on her Facebook, her Instagram, her Pinterest. That, that oh, I'm either really boring or there's an addiction to that sort of. But that's tech. what they're built for. Like yeah. they, psychologically, they are building these things to sap every second of your attention yeah. as much because they need to grow. Do you know what I thought was really interesting? We talked about like attention spans as well. Do you think Gen Z have like generationally a really short attention span? Yeah. Is that a stereotype? Would you reckon that's a genuine fact? Um, I no, I do think that's a genuine fact. I think it's everything. because we are so yeah yeah. I wouldn't say like it's just Gen Z, but with things like TikTok and stuff, like obviously Katie, it was a perfect example. Like she can't even sit through like a, a ten minute YouTube video anymore because she's so used to scrolling on TikTok. I've caught myself. I don't have TikTok. I will just randomly see TikToks come up. And if there's a TikTok that's like three minutes long, I'll go, yeah, I can't bother with that. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm finding more and more as well, like when it comes to watching TV and stuff, if I'm looking for a new series, if it hasn't like hooked my attention in the first couple of minutes, it's turning, like it's been turned off. Whereas I'd sit and watch like episodes of things to get into something, whereas now I'm just like, no. So I build content like that now. So like any, uh, any learning stuff that we build, I purposely build it so that it is um, attention grabbing within the first like minute or two because everybody's attention spans are so short these days. But that's ridiculously hard though, isn't it? Because oh, yeah, it's so, so hard. If you think about learning, some of the, the stuff, and he said the crap we get given, some of the stuff <laughs> we get given to create learning about is so dry. It's very dry. How yeah. do you take something that dry and make it attractive within the first minute or two of learning to get somebody in Gen Z, for example, millennials or whoever? Especially if it's not something you're passionate about. Exactly. Like if it is literally like health, like no offense, health and safety, but like health and safety, no one wants to learn about health and safety. Do a TikTok dance whilst yeah. putting on some Presenting it. <laughs> so do we think, so whilst we're talking about obviously work and stuff, do we think that there's equal opportunities across the generations in the workplace? Or would you say there's, there's quite a dramatic difference? See, I think with every generation that comes, <clears throat> you're gonna have to prove yourself and that seems to be the biggest thing. Mm. Like, G Gen X came over, boomers. Boomers were like, well, prove yourself. They mm. had to prove themselves. They created most of the technology we use today, like the internet, that sort of stuff. Then millennials came along. Gen X were like, prove yourselves. You've just made things worse now. Look at the way you're acting. <laughs> then now millennials. children. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But now millennials are kind of. Doing hit, the same to Gen Z. Yeah, doing the same to Gen Z, hitting that middle ground now where we're sort of like, look at that, rubbish. What a crappy attitude towards work, snowflakes. <laughs> and we kind of, we, we kind of need you to prove yourself. And I think in, in that sort of approach, we don't give you equal opportunities. Mm. I mean, Do you think that's something that ever, can ever stop? Because I wouldn't say so, because you're always going to have the younger people, like the people in the younger generations, that you're always going to look down on, because they're younger. And I think everybody has that natural instinct of whether you like it or not, you're older, you I know better, you're I older and wiser. You didn't do it that way, therefore you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. I like, what's wrong with the old way kind of thing? Yeah. It's hard to prove that new ways work, you have to show it, don't you? Mm. And that's what I find myself doing. If somebody's like, well, well, why don't we do it this way? We've always done it this way. And you're like, well, I'll prove to you that it doesn't work. Yeah. And if you can prove it to somebody, then they go, yeah. Why are we, why is the human race such a like, you've got to prove it to me? Yeah, like. Because I mean, nowadays we've got like the most amount of data at any other time in our existence. You don't need to prove it. Or you, if you do need to prove it, you just go, look, here's some stats. Here's, the, here's you know, analytics that go and say everything you are telling us to do is wrong. <laughs> we need to do it this way. And for us to change towards a maybe, maybe a more younger sort of viewpoint. I think we're going to have to because I think, think about our business and there is a distinct lack of younger people coming into mm. the businesses that are in certain roles. Yeah. 
And you need, if you're going to address that and make sure your talent pool is really diverse, you've got to change the way you act between generations, surely? I think you have that natural, <clears throat> like, everyone wants to, everyone wants to want the next generation of, like, creativity, like, let's use obviously millennials and gen z as an example all the millennials always say oh yeah we want someone younger gen z creative bring them into the business blah 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 but realistically when you actually come to recruit for that position or you you know you come to work with that person you naturally want to slip back into the comfortable space of just being like so what working experience with millennials. have you had yeah <laughs> it literally. Comes down to, yeah the and then it, and then it goes oh well we've got a millennial here that's got more experience and has been in the working world for 10 years and blah, blah, blah. They've got all of these um, credentials and stuff. So then you just slip back into the same cultural space and no one ever progresses. Mm. I think there's a, uh, there's a lot, a lot to be done around how, and, and probably not just in Sangaban either, like how we bring younger people into the business. Cause it's all right <coughs> saying, yeah, we want them. But when it actually comes to the process and stuff, everyone naturally just slips back into the, actually, no, I want to go with what I'm familiar with. I think processes are a big thing. I'm playing to the, the newer generation strengths of streamlining stuff, making things more digital mm. in process. And just in general, like when we recruit people, if, if somebody picks a, a point of something not working and saying why it's not working, listening to it yeah. and not ignoring it and thinking, oh, it's just your view because you knew we were young or... You don't. You haven't got that experience and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, <clears throat> look at management roles. How many young managers do you see None. in management roles? I mean, James, you're pretty young. I'm forty <laughs> next year. That's depressing in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would still. Would you? Would you not class yourself as a young manager? Forty is like middle aged, right? <laughs> That's like nearly middle aged. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. So no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. but I still picture you as like, like low thirties. Oh, no, nah, thanks. It's <laughs> my Michael J. Fox. <laughs> um, no, right. I, I see. I don't think there is. And I think what you have with Gen Z going into those sorts of management roles is it's people's disbelief that you're going to do it well. Yeah, and people don't want to be managed. No one wants to be managed by someone younger than them. And if you do, then you are a very rare like you're a unicorn like yeah. there's not many people that would take kindly to being managed like let's say you were like 50 years old or 45 or whatever and you've got a 25 year old walks into a management position whether they're good or not nobody wants to be managed by someone like someone half your age like you'd feel constantly like you're i don't know it's i don't know would it make you feel like a failure i don't know, I don't know. now i'm coming at it from a tech head <coughs> developer type person you're always going to get that younger person who's, mm. you know, way better at everything that you are. Um, so long as they're a good manager, it doesn't really matter, does it, though? No, exactly. You know. Do you think, do you think Gen Z's lack of face-to-face -face or want to be face-to-face -face as a stereotype holds them back from those sorts of roles? So, like, if I'm a manager and I'm saying, right... You, you are got, a manager. Okay, no well, <laughs> okay, see, you're a manager and you've got to have an awkward conversation with Anna and I'm like, you've got to do it face to face. Mm, I'd find that really uncomfortable. Yeah, so do you, do you think those sorts of... I, I, I think that's a, a potentially a stereotype and there mm -hmm. might be more prevalent than I think it is, but do you think that holds that generation back from being able to have those sorts of conversations which is a skill in itself or do you think they can still pick it up and still do it and change i think or? you can still pick it up and do it i think it just takes longer okay yeah. like when you think about how you learn those skills in the first place it's through that daily interaction with peers friends yeah like seeing it firsthand kind of thing whereas in that generation do you actually see each other every day or do you text each other or do you snapchat each do other? Do you know what? It's really funny you should say that because I um, want to have a conversation with one of my friends about something that is not going to be a, like, a really pleasant conversation and I can't do it. And mm -hmm. like I just can't bring myself to do it. If I was texting her, fine. If I voice noted her, fine. If would, I had to do it face would to face. You, would you ever voice note somebody something negative? <laughs> Lol, you're like, fired. <laughs> you're acting like an absolute knobber. Yeah. <laughs> um, voice note. Probably not, but I'd feel more comfortable than... I think it's like 
knowing you can like if you're on the phone to someone knowing you can put the phone down whereas if you face to face buffer yeah, <laughs> yeah you, okay. whereas if you face to face you kind of got to just sit and ah, face the music like I would find it as much as I love to say like with some of my closest friends and stuff yeah I'd tell them if they were being a, um, a bit of a knob like I'd, I'd tell them to their face wouldn't have an issue with it I actually do <laughs> but I think I think that's a generational thing and I think there's a lot of people who like when you look at relationships and stuff there's a lot of people this isn't just gen z but that just stay in relationships because they don't know how to have that conversation face to face and i i I think that is partly because we are all so reliant on phones and technology yeah like like ghosting is massive now isn't it yeah and like how we say like about keyboard warriors like you wouldn't have a problem like I, I mean, I've never been on a dating app, so I don't really know what it's like, but from what I've seen on Twitter and like Instagram and stuff, like people don't have problems saying like really, really, really horrible things or really like overly sexual things on, the, on those apps and stuff. If somebody had to say that face to face, they'd never say it. I think never. I've, seen, I've heard of, I can't remember which celebrity it was. They said some vile stuff to them. Somehow they tracked them down and then said, say it to my face now. And they immediately yeah. started cowering and they yeah. couldn't do it. I've seen a program about that. It was a few years ago. I can't remember who it was, but it was a similar thing. They'd been trolled all the time on like um, Facebook, Twitter, and whatever, um, and they tracked the person down, went to their house, and the celebrity turned up at their house, and they were like, "Oh, I'm actually a really big fan of yours. Like, you know, I didn't mean it, kind of thing." You see it all the time on Twitter, but if they actually, if, when they have to say it face to face, they can't do it. And I, I do think that's a generational thing. So, do you think that's where, say, in a business like ours, <clears throat> that's where? mentoring reverse mentoring is really important like you could teach i don't know like boomers gen x's that sort of stuff about the tech about the content side of stuff mm. and they can teach you the more social skills of pick up a phone and this is how you deal with that sort of person yeah <laughs> sort I, of thing I, yeah something similar that happened to me i know um back in the day my manager at the time had to te- pull me to one side and this was through email so it wasn't even face to face i was very rude to a uh, third-party external developer who was building something for us because he was god awful. Um, so it was still all... still being rude, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you can hear this. Um, rightly so, to, to sort of give him a little bit of a dressing down, but probably handled in a bad way. And my manager at the time just sort of pulled me to one side and said, "Look, rather than saying this, say it this way. Be assertive rather than rude, mm. and that kind of thing." And that was a big life lesson for me at that point i was in my early 20s i think at that point so ever since then i'm sort of mindful of being assertive rather than rude in emails because there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of ambiguity in any of those kind of things there's a lot of times where i've like gone to email people message people and i've sent it to you haven't i and, mm. and just a sense check it because you never know if you're coming across like like a vile person do you think as a generation then like Gen Z is the most empathetic of all the generations. Like, you, you have a constant weathered eye on whether somebody's happy, sad at that moment, and you don't want to upset the apple cart. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think there's a lot of... <sighs> don't know how to word it. Because this is, this is the thing, right? when we talk about snowflakes, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's been banded around loads, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this idea of a snowflake generation, is it? A snowflake generation or is it just because you're more empathetic i think it's just because oh, I, I sit on the fence with this and i don't know if this is because i'm the older end of gen z like when you think about the age gap between so obviously i'm 25 i am literally the top end of gen z the the younger end of gen z are 13. Mm. so the difference between me and a 13 year old is huge and i think like Part of me thinks they can be a bit snowflakey and a bit like we don't really have this. Is, this could be a British thing as well. Don't really have the British like stiff upper lip, just crack on with it, get on with it kind of view, which I think sometimes comes in handy. But then other other times, I do think we are the most open generation in terms of like mental health issues and things like that, mm. and actually saying how we feel like if i feel upset about something i'll speak to somebody about it or 
I won't just sit there and cry to myself. Well, sometimes I do, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I won't... uh, Like, you know, I think the communication is more open, but then I also do think that some... Some people, and I think this is the same in all generations, it's always a small pocket, that do, like... Play on it. Yeah, play play on it. I don't Hmm. know. What do you guys think? Obviously, you you guys are outside looking in, so... I do agree that they're the most open... Um, and, and willing to talk about any kind of mental health issues, any kind of um, open to try new things as well. Um, That's yeah, I definitely I, agree with that. I actually experienced this. So in the summer, um, so since we come out of uh, lockdown and stuff, I'm not really sure why, but I've developed like a bit of anxiety. And I was really, really apprehensive about telling my mum because obviously my parents are both um, baby boomers, baby boomers or Gen X, can't remember which one, but um, they are obviously of the ilk of like stiff up a lip, crack on, kind of not mental health issues don't Anxiety's exist. Anxiety is not real. It's yeah, just, like you know, oh, you're just head. nervous, like yeah. kind of thing. Like, and I was really, really apprehensive about telling my mum because I didn't want her to turn around. I know obviously she wouldn't because she's my mum, but I didn't want her to turn around and just be like, oh, it's nothing, like get on with it. Mm. Um, so I, I do think there's definitely a generational, there's a big generational gap be- about topics like that. And she didn't, she reacted like she was really supportive. Obviously she was fine. Um, but if I'd have spoken to somebody else that might not have been my parent about it, who is of that generation, I could have received a very different reaction to, to like the support that I actually got. I think in a workplace that becomes really important though, doesn't it? Oh, Understanding massively. like how people react to things. Like for yourself, if you've got anxiety and you're a bit nervous about telling people you're suffering from it, mm. as, as, a, as a manager in a workplace, we need to be aware of that and understand that it might be generational as well. So other people across the board are going to feel that way. Mm. <clears throat> like, you know, myself, I tend to bottle things up until that anger has to come out mm. and then it explodes <laughs> but, but it's sort of like or i get some kind of a stomach ulcer <laughs> but, but you know the different generations react to things in different ways don't they and i think like you say boomers gen xers typically it's kind of crack on with it you know yeah because it didn't really no it didn't really exist but when they were my age yeah. wasn't a thing like it, they've been through a massive societal of people haven't they? like with thinking about boomers it's what post-war yeah literally so they were kind of repopulating the world so to speak yeah and it's sort of like that idea of pretentious they had to just get on with it yeah if you know what i mean and they'd, they'd, they'd seen the worst of humanity yeah that sort of thing so i suppose in a way the newer generations who are coming might be thinking kind of like my, my problems kind of pale in comparison almost to some of mm. the crap people have been through but you if you think about yourself as a generation like people who are going through university now they've been through what a pandemic mm-hmm. they're now going through what essentially is a cold war uh, with yeah. Russia and everywhere else and all of these things are still kicking off and you're still going through life yeah. like that so you're still like, having those negative experiences and they will impact you but it's just you deal with it differently and well, I think no so like all of the soldiers coming back from the second world war and the first world war um they all had um PTSD yeah and they didn't know anything about it at the time and just thought oh yeah get on with it whereas all the soldiers coming back from Afghanistan, Iraq, all those kind of things, they started developing and understanding it a bit more and were able to help them. I think as well, you, like, you're more the aware... The coming, we're being gassed. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're more aware of that stress though now, aren't you? Because like, yeah. like Anna just said, it, it's, it's tangible now, you know what it is and why. Yeah, and it's not like you're just feeling something you can't really explain it. No, and you're going to get that as well. You're going you're gonna to feel that way, aren't you, I think, which is the thing. So, no, I, 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 I wouldn't call them snowflakes, I don't think. I think you just... I do m- think you've got a, a problem with comedy, though, because you keep coming after the comedians for saying <laughs> hard-hitting hitting things. Uh, see, that's a, that's a hard one as well, because I, I love comedians and stuff, and that, but even, like, I think it's really sad that, like... <laughs> oh, I don't, think, I don't think we can keep this in the podcast, but I think it's really sad that, like, Little Britain and stuff, you can't watch it anymore because of that generational shift but this is the thing though right and this is the whole thing with cancel culture and tearing down statues and stuff like that Mm. 
you can't ignore history history no you can't be like well slavery never happened because i've torn down that statue of a slaver yeah no it did happen yeah you're just ignoring it. hundreds of thousands of people still died it's just you're ignoring it and you're choosing that, to that that is is the holocaust like exactly. people deny the holocaust because they didn't experience it or they are so far disassociated from it they don't realize yeah and it's, but it, it's, it's kind of what you do with that isn't it so like if my kids ask me a question about why that's been taken down i'd be like well this is why yeah and you explain it and you use that but that's the thing with like culture itself and diversity of people isn't it where people have come from you can't ignore what's happened within their culture no and things like even though like obviously you might find comedians jokes expensive uh, uh, offensive or like certain tv shows offensive like i still think they should be there to show that that was that time was of yeah. that era like, i always exactly. talk about that um and i always mention it i think there's a ricky gervais bit where he was talking about being cancelled for like eighth time or whatever and he was saying you're okay you can be offended you're offended at what i've said but because you're offended doesn't mean that you're right yeah so you can't then go right well i'm offended therefore i'm going to take this person down because you may just be offended not in the right if you know what i mean yeah if that makes sense so is it was it richard always had that 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 thing didn't he, he said to us everybody's entitled to their opinion yeah and doesn't make it right doesn't make it right but you can politely explain to them why that might be the wrong choice of opinion also doesn't make it wrong either no exactly but it's it's all about saying i don't want to say it i'll say it anyway um (laughs) (laughs) opinions are like assholes everyone's got (laughs) (laughs) it's true oh i like that yeah so uh, yeah what about like this idea of experiences and new adventures and brand reliability think about what we do and we sell to people don't we Mm -hmm. is there a a a lack of commitment to particular to to, like a brand so say for example you go to the shops do you only shop at one place do you shop around do you look for the best deals more because there's this thing isn't there of millennials and gen z's always looking for the best deal they're the happy shoppers they'll go from place to place and flit and yeah. start whereas no loyalty yeah whereas older generations are all <laughs> yeah whereas older generations are more like i've shopped there for years and they're uh, yeah. giving me a good customer service so i've always been there do you think gen z are like that no no we, we are the generation of shopping around okay we, we are Shops. Yeah. <laughs> Shops. <We are>. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's the same. She she shops around, and she hates the fact that I personally I just do it for my own ease. Just grab everything from the same place. If I, I'll go. I'll go to ASDA. Other supermarkets are available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the BBC. Um, I'll just go there and I grab everything I need from that one place, regardless of whether it's cheaper somewhere else because it's easier. Whereas my wife will go, no, you need to get this from Aldi, you need to get that from Master. See, I think it depends what you're shopping for, because when it comes to the food shop, I do generally do like my food shop at one place because I, I started doing it at different supermarkets where i'd get something from aldi some things from morrison some things from tesco but it just becomes too much mm. but if i'm shopping for like i don't know a tv for example i will scour the internet for the best deal on that tv i if if i'm looking for like a phone i'll go through all the phone websites to try and find like a deal that's cheap i'll do all of that kind of stuff same with clothes like um I do shop at the same brands, but I will wait until there's like a sale on a discount code or like something like that. I, you know, if something becomes too expensive or yeah, if the prices go up, I'm not going to carry on shopping there because this is too much. But then they use that against you anyway. So like Black Friday is a massive thing now, all of a sudden, Mm. but they just ramp the prices up so that they yeah. can go oh yeah we've, we've cut the price by 50 percent. but what they haven't told you is that week before it was already that price anyway yeah so how then how thinking of like obviously brick and mortar shops are on the way out generally anyway it's more kind of online stuff as well mm-hmm. how how do you how could we encourage or how do you encourage gen z and those sorts of people to be more kind of come to you because that's a big thing, right? Because if, if Adam buys a one-stop shop, like, don't get me wrong, Audi does have saws in the middle aisle, <laughs> and I can go and get, like, a toolbar whilst I'm there and pick up my fish and chips. But, like, how, how, how would you... How would you 
encourage I think people. I think it's things like, for example, like Costa have their loyalty card. Yeah. Things like that, where you can collect points, get rewards and stuff like that. Jen, like, do you like a freebie? That's oh, what you're trying to say. I love a freebie. <laughs> like, I, love, I love a bargain in a freebie. Um, so we were talking about this earlier. So when you, I go shopping, there's a choice between Costa or Starbucks. And nine times out of ten, I will choose Costa because I have a Costa card and I know if I spend money there, eventually I'm going to get a free drink back. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> After I've bought eight, I get a free one. <laughs> so, like, it's things like that that are really easy things to do. Okay. Well, not easy things to do, but, you know, obviously, yeah, they do cost money, but they are simple. Um, is a great way to kind of create that loyalty would, but i do think now it's harder than ever would you be put off buying something from a business that doesn't have a strong online shop yes or, or presence yeah really yeah okay why convenience just convenience <laughs> this is what i was going to say yeah. it all boils down to user experience and i try and build all my uh, learning from a user perspective because if the, if it becomes inconvenient to do the learning or inconvenient to do the shopping or anything you just you just go all right i'll go somewhere else and do it that way yeah so if you think about like juicing <clears throat> i haven't looked on juicing's website for a while so i don't know what it's like now but it used to never have any prices on mm. so if i was ever, ever looking for anything for jacob for example like tools or whatever um before i actually went physically went shopping i'd look on there to find a price yeah. to compare it to like Screwfix or travis perkins or whatever and see where I can get it cheapest, but because Juicing don't have that on their website or didn't have that on their website, put, you off. put me off. It's really interesting. I'm going to play a really geeky card now. The other day, Go I on. took Eliza cheerleading, and I was after some um, cockspur handles for the windows. I might have told you I was going to try and get some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, did not get those, oh. but I went to several DIY shops, like like really, yeah, like hardware places on Narva Road whilst I was down there. It was a, re a really weird experience because like you i've always shopped online and yeah. i'll be like eh, amazon it it's fine but it was an adventure it sounds really shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow but, your sense of adventure is i went into these different places a different experience you've got literally like one guy who runs the shop stocks the shop knows everything in there inside and out what's in there there was one place literally i'm talking like thousands of products all on the tiniest shelves and i was like i can't see anything in here mm. do you have this he went no but i have this instead gave me alternatives that sort of stuff there's, there's a stereotype that that sort of new experience is what gen z's crave do you think they don't or do you think they like, well, like the a customer service like a proper customer service they, they try a new experience in things no or does that put the fear of god in you you're like i'd rather just have my tried and tested online shop yeah i'd rather like but then would you buy anything without looking into reviews first so say you're buying a tv and you've got the model number on curry's curry's website yeah I'd look you'll at then google reviews. and then look at reviews to see what other people's opinions of it are yeah. so in a way it's a similar sort of thing because you're in the shop and you ask for something and he goes no you can't have that but you can have this yeah. and this is an opinion on this and you can do this with it. Mm. I wonder if it's like a, you don't want to pu purchase anything without- The social proof first. Ag acknowledgement that it's worth the money. The money, yeah. So how does that work with big tech brands then? Like Apple? Cause I know you're a big Apple fan <laughs> and I'm not just Woo! picking on you, but like <laughs> Apple offer as a customer experience, a proper experience in their shop, don't they? Mm -hmm. Think about like the, the, the tech genius, the genius bar, yeah, the genius that sort bar. of stuff. You can try all of their products before, like your when you go in. Your phone breaks, sometimes they'll just swap it without a quibble. Yeah. <laughs> no. I've had ours in that way, but. I hate Apple for that. Really? Oh, yeah, what's, so the, from an engineering perspective, the Apple stuff is, is behind essentially. Yeah. So like they weren't the first people to come up with touchscreen phones they were they were still they were knocking about in the mid 90s it's just apple marketed it well i don't know what makes apple so good it's just so good but if, but if the marketing the experience in store gives you that experience that sort of feeling of you're special yeah do you know what it's funny you should say that so when we went um christmas shopping last year um we jacob wanted to get the new iphone 
And I said to him, I was like, why don't you just order online? He physically wanted to go to a shop. We went to all the shops that sold iPhones to look at them and like try and get one. You wanted to buy it from the Apple shop. Because mm. I said, I was like, why don't we go to John Lewis? You get, we can get it from John Lewis. And uh, he was like, oh no, like, I want to buy it from Apple. And I, I think that is because of the experience they give you. It does make you feel a bit special. It's, it's a big white room with some desks. <laughs> but it's just a generational thing because, see, to me, I don't give a crap about it. I couldn't give two but, craps but, about it. <laughs> but, no, I oh, really, they want me up, they do, Apple. But that experience thing for you is really important. And and for Jacob, do you mm. think that is a generational thing, that that experience? I, that I do think so. When you, if you think about like when you buy a car now, even if you bought a second-hand car, I've seen many videos on like TikTok and Facebook and stuff where people have gone to pick up their new car and it's covered in one of those elasticated sheets and they do the big reveal and it's like wow look at this car and it could be like a four five six year old car underneath yeah but it's that experience of like like it makes you feel they did that special. with my car did they <laughs> <laughs> they did that with my car and, and I bet uh, you just went oh okay no no I did think oh that's very nice but then I was like just give me the key see you later yeah <laughs> I do, th yeah, I do think it's like, I think we're a generation of, if you've got money to spend, you want to spend it in the right place and get the right experience with it. If you're spending a lot of money, especially. But also have a strong online presence and... Yeah, do social. it all. You've got to do it all. You've got to do it all to impress That's really us. interesting, because that, that, <laughs> if you're that hard to impress as, a, as like a customer, how, for me, that just has a knock-on effect with like getting people into the business. How do we be that? How do, do you be everything to everybody? Yeah, you as can't. an employer as well. You can't. It's impossible. Like not not every shop gets it right. Not every shop has a really good experience when you walk in the store. Like some of them are really annoying. But it's trying stuff out and seeing what works. Yeah, and you have to, you terms. have to be willing okay. to try. Like you have to. I mean, obviously, this in this day and age, like like we've said, technology is literally at the forefront of everything. So if you don't have an online presence in this day of an age, if you don't have a Facebook page, if you don't have an Instagram page or a Twitter or whatever. And it's easy to use. Yeah, like you're already on the back foot. Yeah. Like that's why so many small businesses obviously start with the online first and then if they can go into like the physical spaces. But even that is so expensive to do that. Mm. Um, like it's really hard, but you, you have you have to you have to try be willing to try and try everything like there's loads of small businesses i know that have um a really good online presence have like good website or they're they're on like craft businesses they're on like etsy or whatever so they're available to everybody but they also try and do the physical by doing like market stores and things like that if they can mm -hmm. um because that's how you can try and be everything to everybody but when you're obviously bringing people into a business that potentially isn't at the forefront of technology, like, look at our laptops, for example. Like, I don't know about you, mine's actually taller. <laughs> mine's terrible. Like, my, you know, we, we don't have the best things that we could have to attract people. Like, technology is a big thing for, <clears throat> for Gen Z, you know. I, I saw something on LinkedIn, actually, that was like, if you were starting a new job and they gave you the options of these laptops which which would you choose and it was the laptops that we have so the lenovo ones a macbook a dell laptop and something else i can't remember what the other one was i think it might have been like one of the google tablets mm. um and it was like which one would you pick obviously straight away i went for the macbook <laughs> but why have you used a macbook before yeah he's my sisters right so in that brief amount of time you've used it that was enough for you to go i love it <laughs> yeah. or is it just because it's apple it's that um, is, see that is the one thing like the one brand that i know the phones like people are always loyal to their phone brand aren't they like you have what do you you've got a samsung haven't you no what have you got a motor i see i i'm not loyal to my phone oh, brand. Yeah. me neither <laughs> so oh, a samsung this is a very similar situation i've used macbooks since 2008 when i got my first one and they were wonderful. They're, they're really easy to use. They're very intuitive. The UI is amazing. The user experience is amazing on them. What irks me with them, what annoys me, is there is nothing compared to the laptop sitting right in front of me that is any different. In fact, the laptop sitting in front of me is probably 10 times more powerful and is about a third of the price. That's the problem. Yeah, see, I go on spec. So, like, 
uh, mine's Motorola, they're owned by Google now, or something like that. You'd be a good camera for all those pictures you take. Exactly. <laughs> no, so for me it was like, does the pro is the processor going to hold up to what I want to do? Yeah. So I look at processors, but then if I compare the processors in those to the ones in Apple, or iPhones and stuff, they're well ahead. Oh. <laughs> so it's that, for me it's that sort of thing. See. But there's something in there's something in the brain, isn't it? I think the, it's like the, a drug. Yeah, but that's so, the thing. The reason these ThinkPads are so uh, well liked and sought after is because they are built um, where your battery goes. Say, for instance, all of these batteries in laptops tend to die after a few years anyway. But you can open the back back of this up, and you can take the old battery out and put a new battery in, and you've got a perfectly functioning laptop that you spent you spent a good amount of money on. Whereas an <coughs> Apple one, you have to take it all apart, you have to remove the logic board. If you break anything, so what? You have to then spend another five grand. You can't actually get this glued in. The battery is glued in to get it out. It's a nightmare. So you can't actually refresh. You have to go and buy another one for six grand. I, th I think when it comes down to it, like... It's definitely a generational thing. It is, yeah, definitely. You've, you've got to have a package that's going to entice that generation to come and work for you. Oh, you? absolutely. So if, for example, your generation is all about having good tech and tech that it's going to make them want to use it mm. in a good way invest in it surely if 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 the benefits for example in a business aren't going to fit your generation like are you really thinking about your your pension at the minute no. and uh your benedin health no. care stuff at your age <laughs> potentially not but later on in life you might be so can you have a package that changes and is, yeah, is more flexible. kind of flexible which is what we're trying to do isn't it but mm -hmm. are we there yet quite with the packages potentially not but we need to make it an attractive package to get younger people into the business, don't we? So same as those online banks. So they don't have brick and mortar sh stores. Mm -hmm. Starling, Revolut. I'm with Starling. Yeah. They're really, they're Monzo, a really good banks. They're all online banks. Um, they all offer the same services, um, but they're just a bit more technologically. See, advanced. I know, I know my dad, who is a baby boomer. He would not go to go for a, a bank that doesn't have a physical shop because he wouldn't know what to do if something <coughs> went wrong. But sure, slowly but surely, though, that's going to be eradicated because everywhere's closing brick and mortars down yeah. with banks like well, Santander, it's Barclays. It's something you'd have to. I know a lot of people now have forever. My mum worked for them. Um, she's still got friends that work there. Every time she's gone in there to speak to them, um, they're like, yeah, so and so's been sacked. And what, what used to be a branch that have, you know, 30 people working there is now two people. And all they do is then they just point you to the app. <laughs> that's all that's yeah. their whole job now is oh if you want to look that up just go on the app and look it up yeah mm. but i suppose in the interim it's catering for both for all generations yeah you've got it? to find a happy medium haven't you to please yeah. all the generations which is really really hard so good luck that'd be interesting so uh well i think we'll finish it there um guys so thank you very much it's been a bit of a longer one than yeah, usual <laughs> Um, but thank you very much for listening. If you have any comments on what we've discussed or you have anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, then please email us at learningloungepod at sangaban.com and we will, of course, read your email and take any feedback on board. <laughs> right, thanks for listening, guys, and we will be back next week with another podcast. Bye. Bye.